You're listening to the AfterBuzz TV Network. Now the largest new media platform on the web and your number one source for after-show entertainment. Very good, Keith. The AfterBuzz Studios in Los Angeles, California. Presented by Maria Menounos and Bing.com. And streaming live thanks to Akamai Technologies. This is AfterBuzz TV's Falling Skies After Show. We'll break down tonight's episode and get you all the latest news and gossip. If you'd like to buzz in on tonight's show, you can buzz us at 424-256-1729. That's 424 424- 256-1729. And now, another post-game wrap-up show for your favorite TV show. It's AfterBuzz TV's Falling Skies After Show. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen. This is your president speaking. <laughs> Bing is for doing what we are doing. Episode 3 of Season 3, Falling Skies, called Badlands. I am not the president. I am your host, Phil Svitek. But I do have the president with me. Oh, I was going to say vice president, but that's okay. I'll take president. Well, apparently there's two presidents. I have Nando Velasquez <laughs> with me. Thanks a lot. Hi, everybody. How you doing? Doing good. Yeah. Uh, very exciting episode. Um, you know, uh, false sense of security. You know, we kind of talked about kind of things settling in. And, you know, tonight's message in Tom's speech was every day matters. Mm. And boy, did it ever. It mattered today for some people in particular, yeah. A lot of people, you know. <laughs> So, uh, but let's let's start off with uh, you know someone who did lose their life today, mm. Craze or Crazy Lee as she is also that, called. That day did matter for her, yeah. Uh, Crazy Lee, Craze uh, going to the bathroom, putting her snow tires on, which I like was I thought was just slang for a jacket, but really uh, her her bulletproof proof vest was really snow tires, which was kind of cool. And uh, getting shot by a sniper, and uh, this is the second week in a row uh, that. Uh, a loyal soldier, someone loyal to uh, the Second Mass, loyal to Tom, but also loyal to Pope, one of Pope's uh, berserker crew, uh, loses, a, loses a life. So this is definitely wearing on people, I think, that they are losing people. These, these are not necessarily characters that we know really well, other than the fact that they have the occasional line or two and they're in Pope's posse, but they really give them a very fitting tribute. Here's the, and, and it's also made more significant because of um, Tom's son. Yeah, because Matt... He's very much involved. Matt was very much involved. Well, first he was trying to be a peeping Tom. (laughs) I was trying to wonder half the time if he wanted her to live because he might want to have another chance to take a look at her if she was ever doing something. But but no, I'm sure he was more sincere than that. That's just my mind. (laughs) But but yeah, obviously this has an effect on, uh, on Tom's son, Matt who get to wit- gets to witness this and gets to see what was pretty much a really... It, it was a scene that kind of unnerved both of us, considering I it's on... It. I couldn't do it. Yeah, it's on TNT, just seeing that that um, that nail... Well, not nail, that screw, that large rod go through her skull in one... Uh, in, in through the back and out through the front. And it was just made... It was, it was worsened by the fact that she didn't feel anything. You know what I mean? If, if she had felt something and was reacting accordingly yeah then i would have bought it but the fact that no she just, pain exactly so it, you know i can't see anything that's your only reaction to this whole thing i that's why it didn't sit well with me i think that freaked me out i would imagine just imagining that being happening to you, you don't know what's going on you just know you can't move and you can't see yeah and you don't know why 
But again, if someone tells you you have a rod in your head, I would imagine you feel it. You'd be like, oh, well, there's something in my co- lower cortex. Yeah, I think if someone told me I had a rod in my head and I didn't even have one, I'd probably say, oh, my God, I'd probably the visualization yeah. of it would make me freak out more than, than she she's a trooper though she she was pretty much given her eulogy while he was using a hacksaw to try uh while pope was using a hacksaw to free her she was trying to tell him the story about the dog and saying you know sometimes it's just your time yeah and what i what i liked about pope there was uh there was three beats with with this there was uh you know he was joking like oh you know luckily your vest saved you and then he finds that okay there's something worse here yeah um and so he, he becomes kind of some sympathetic to the whole situation and yet uh once matt comes back he he returns to being joking um again yeah you know and for the sake of like hey do you have a point you know what i mean who who does that um but i like that pope at the end of the day is still going to be strong for the people he needs to be strong for because you know what i mean he could have freaked out and things like that i mean especially as he's hacks on this whole thing and but he mm-hmm. He lightened the mood. Which I would nice say. I would say it was a very unselfish moment for yeah. Pope. I, he could have very easily just complained and whined and just said, "See, this is why." I mean, he he obviously had that speech with Tom, yeah. where he said, "This is your fault. It's not the aliens' fault. This is your fault." But he could have as easily done that in front of Craze while she's <laughs> trapped, uh, stuck in that uh, stuck in that spot, and with Matt there. He could have totally bitched and complained about Matt's dad to Matt. But also, I, I will give Pope his credit, and I will say this. He knows who he needs to complain to, ultimately. Yeah. You know, because, okay, okay so he complains to Matt, and he complains to Craze. It, it doesn't get him the result he wants. Mm-hmm. So, you know, he does what's necessary, and then, yes, he, he, he speaks out to Tom about it, because that's the guy to talk to about it. Yeah. But I think, I think uh, it does show a lot of growth yeah. in Pope. Uh, and again, this character, I mean, I, I predicted in the last episode that we did just a couple hours ago, but I really do see this character becoming uh, a fo- uh, more than just a regular foil for uh, Tom, but maybe a rival, uh, politically speaking, or, uh, yeah, politically speaking, pretty much. And especially, I think, especially if he wins the kids over. Oh, yeah. Just imagine. There is going to, it does seem, even from the beginning, before this whole thing happened, just the fact that Matt is hanging out with Pope. There was a little, I can't remember, I didn't write the line down at the time, but there was a little interaction, I think, right before Craze got shot. Like you'd make a good thief. And yeah, like that. that's what it was. I, yeah. I was trying to remember what it was. Exactly. And, there, so, and, and he lit up. Yeah. He lit up when Pope said that. Well, first of all, his dad wants Matt to go to school. And you heard him talking to Ben saying, if I really wanted to go to school, I would have stayed at home. Yeah. Uh, when they were doing those really cool riddles that we were trying to figure out the riddles, too, which is kind of funny. He, she, heroin, something. I something. was wondering if that's just something harness kids are just smarter than us, too. I don't know. but uh, I ne- I'm never good at those. <laughs> but, anyway. but, yeah. So, I mean, Tom wants Matt to study. And, and we said how Matt was listening. And it seemed like Matt got it through his head, but here comes Matt. And I think it's just the adrenaline rush of being on a mission like that. He loves that. And Pope acknowledges him and says, you could be a good thief. So he's, he's, giving, he's giving him credit and he's acknowledging him. So, yeah. of course, I think that there's definitely going to be a little bit of a, of, a, of a fight between, a little triangle between Tom's kids and Pope and Tom. Yeah, and I, I think it goes kind of without saying to an extent, but for Matt, I think... You know, any, anytime there's a situation where everybody's talking about it, you don't want to be a left out. Mm-hmm. Um, B, uh, you know, he's curious about it, so he wants to see it for himself. And 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 third, 
as as you were mentioning, he's getting the acknowledgement for all of this. Yeah. And in school, he's not really big. Like, who who says to him, "You're a smart kid"? No one's saying to that. So again, I think it's 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 all those things coupled together of like why he is there. You know, his dad probably could tell him he's smart, but his dad's busy being. Would be lying. I don't know if his dad would be lying. I mean, but the way a parent usually says "good job" when you do something, but. Yeah. That's a that's a parent who's paying attention to his son. That's not a parent who's playing president of the United States of the new United States of America and yeah. who's busy and whose time is very fragmented right now. And also not to not to get too deep into this, you know, speaking of attention seeking, right? So what gains him his the attention if he did good in school or if he's out on the battlefield? It he gets seems like every time yeah. he, he gets attention from his father when he's out in the battlefield. That's true too. That's you a very know? good point as well. Because that's uh, that's more instant gratification Correct. when he comes back from a mission and he, su- he survives, he's alive, and he does the job that he's supposed to do, as opposed to learning something in school and maybe taking a test two weeks down the line, like <laughs> like you know you usually do in school. Yeah. You take a test eventually, and then yeah, that's when your parents usually end up knowing if you're doing really good or really bad. <laughs> when you have a report card and you have to bring it home, and uh, and if you have a really bad grade, you kind of like try and hide it. <laughs> yeah. So, but uh, you know, kind of. To that point, uh, not not to get too fully into this just yet, but um, it's interesting how Tom acknowledges the fact that he needs to take a deeper role as a father and as a husband. Yeah, and Tom definitely, uh, he sees that. And again, it's funny because ever since I brought up just the struggle between the two, you always seem to see the scenes, even like a scene uh, where he's talking to Anne and then someone barges in and says, you know, sniper's, sniper's awake. And he's like, wait a minute, I'm talking to my, you know, I'm talking to my wife, I'm talking to Anne. So you see those you see those moments come to play where he's focused on one thing and the other the other aspect of his life is pulling at him too. Yeah. Yeah. It's twenty five hours, eight days a week. I like to round up. Thirty. Thirty <laughs> and ten, baby. Thirty and ten. Yeah, you know, base of ten. So just round up. Yeah. Totally. Um but um But again, really sad for Craze. And uh, probably sad for, for Matt because a female figure he looked up to in certain ways. Here's the thing that sucks. I mean, obviously a very beautiful moment between um, her and Pope. But also, I don't know, there's just something about, you know, Matt's in the kind of waiting area or whatever. But the fact that he missed out on that moment, I don't know. I think, I think he, he could find so, some sort of solace in that. I don't did, know. It's, did I think he it's get gonna, to see her pass? Yeah. I think it's, it's going to mess him up a lot more. If he was there, I think it totally would mess him up a lot more. It was kind you of the respectful I, thing to do to have her pass away while he wasn't in the room. So, oh, I, I, I don't know. I go back and forth on that, but I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. It's TNT. It's a little bit of a family. It's still, this is still kind of a family drama. You know, I, I, I think because what was what was his? You know, obviously we didn't. We can only speculate on what the last image he has of her, or what the last message. I mean, the thing that sucks. It would have been nice. You know, he's left with that nugget. Um, you know, she says to him, like, hey, basically, I want to die. And he he prevented her from dying for, obviously, and that was his choice. But it's so now, again, He, I'd like to see maybe he's going to be faced with that decision. Okay, I wanted to save her, but she, she died anyway. Yeah, that's very possible. But I do like the message that Matt probably got from Pope, which yeah. was Pope. I think Pope saw in that speech about the dog that Craze was saying, just, just – you know, put me out of my misery right now. And then Pope looked right at Matt and just decided to save her anyway. And let it, she went on her own terms, so to speak, still. She eventually went uh, with some respect. But the imagery of Matt knowing that people aren't going to give up on you, that you should keep fighting for your life, even even if you're about to give up, that there's still going to be someone there to to 
save you, help you. Uh, well, you know, I think that's a bigger, that's a more powerful message that Matt should take out of that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, you know, we had an order for this, but let's go into the crazy, let's stick to the fan, let's go into the crazy baby. <laughs> sure, why not? <laughs> uh, you know, interesting, um, you know, uh, we, we kind of, we, we speculated on when this might come out to Tom, and obviously, so third episode, I think we were both wrong. We were both, we were both wrong. I mean, there's still a lot more to play, and I don't think uh, Crazy uh, Crazy Alexis has really done anything, ha- hasn't done much more, other than say the word don't. I mean, that, 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 ultimately that was the that was the funny moment of all of this when she's explaining it to her you know Anne is and she's saying you know she said don't then she said mommy and then she got up it, 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 I, it, I think it was meant to be comedic because yeah. that's what it was well that's yeah exactly Lord is looking at her like what what's what's wrong with you there's nothing really that crazy out of that and for me you know out of this whole storyline in tonight um, the thing that I found most interesting was the fact that Tom whether obviously him as president is one role but him as father is still the way he treats it is in very much the same way he treats being a president which is just through strategy yeah you know and is by sending her in and saying you know ultimately it's revealed that he sent um her to to watch over Anne. well i think what he's trying to do is he's trying to find the fastest possible way of dealing with this issue and again lord is thinks she's a little bit crazy and uh, he doesn't want to go there and say, "And you're crazy," no. but he also needs to deal this right away. So it's it's a little bit. I wouldn't say it's a blunt uh, strategy that he's using, but he, he's trying to trying to win her over with certain words and calm her down. And he assumes this will go. You know, Lord has thought this was postmortem uh, depression, so he just figures, okay, she needs a little bit of time. I just need to be there to support her and to say the right things, and then I can go back to my job. Yeah. And that's the way he's looking at it right now. And I could send Lourdes over to take care. She, I guess, you know, it was pretty smart of Anne to figure out that Lourdes was go- there only because Tom said so. But again, uh, <laughs> just just word of advice, guys, that doesn't work. You can't, <laughs> you can't treat that the same way you treat being a president. It just, it just does you not. You can't bring your work home with you. It just doesn't work. You can't. Um, unfortunately. <laughs> um, but... You know, um, obviously, a lot of the stuff that we're going to be talking about is just, is kind of more predictions because of you know the information that th- this seems to be the primary storyline of next week's episode, a little bit in terms of this baby. Yeah, well, it seems to be a lot going on with the baby still, and and it's good that we finally it's good that it's finally gone to a point where Anne is speaking out a little bit to it. Uh, you know, to Lord at least now Lord is knows about it, and we did see in, in the previews for next week that they. I guess discovered DNA, uh, alien DNA mixed in with human blood, uh, in the human blood, I suppose. So we will see more and more. Maybe you're right. I guess it will come out more and more, uh, before the end of the season. You know, you know what's interesting? It's, uh, you know, going back to how Tom's treating the baby, uh, just this description of what a human being is 10 fingers, 10 toes, yeah. perfect baby, and, and, um, and all that. I did love that speech. And then you see the reveal and Anne standing there right there. You know, the whole time she's sitting down nearby going, I'm not crazy. Stop talking to the baby like that. I'm not yeah. crazy. I really know what I saw. Yeah. So. And it, it's quite unfortunate. Um, you know, th- this baby was supposed to be like the Liberty Tree, a symbol of hope. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, you know, as she says, and, and um, it, it, unfortunately, it's, it's, what am I trying to exactly say here? Um, it's just one of those things where, it just sucks because you know you you're not necessarily given a choice in this matter mm. you know of 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 the child you're kind of given and things like that yeah. um and so it is unfortunate that this has to be such a, what was supposed to be such a joyous thing is now the symbol of just evil 
to an extent. Kind of. I mean, because again, we I think we I refer to Alexis a little bit as Damien, a little yeah. bit like Omen Baby, because she you know she is a little creepy. Yeah. So it is and turning into a perverse. And it's also right there, you know, um, it's very Hitchcock style where it's, you know, it's someone within, it's someone who you, A, wouldn't expect, Mm -hmm. B, they're right at your doorstep. Even more so than that, they're in your bedroom. Oh, God, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Staring at you from their crib, just looking right at you really weirdly. Yeah. So. So it's, it's a weird kind of message of. How this how this battle ultimately is is being fought? You know what I mean. It's not just external forces, but it's right there. Well, yeah, they're they're battling the the forces that are outside of Charleston. But here is an example of besides the mole. Here is an example of uh, Tom's life being turned upside down from within. Yeah, you know, with his family life. And you know, l- last week's plan was okay. They're not guarding you know the uh, the rear because uh, you know it's it's be crazy to go through there, right? Mm-hmm. And obviously, they're not really guarding this side of, of uh, everyone's life, is because you know because they're obviously doing the perimeter. They got other worries. Every man, woman, child is that can fill a sandbag is uh, is doing their part, yeah. uh, you know, in this war. And so it, it's it, it, that's interesting to see. And obviously, Hal's kind of another representation of that, which we'll talk about in a moment. But mm-hmm. it's I like it. Yeah, I mean, this is what. Well, you know, this is exactly what they need to kind of stirred the pot a little bit with uh with tom's presidency just to have him he's inexperienced as he is but he's a very capable leader but you definitely need to 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 up the difficulty of his presidency and this is definitely adding it's going to add more and more to it dealing with a a wife that he thinks may be uh a little off and a baby that might not be (laughs) weird too you know i i I don't know if uh this is because of the baby and uh you know i for me it's not this is just hugely insensitive and then there, there could be something more to this but what you know he's, he's trying to be sensitive to her by telling her you know that this is a 25 25 hour eight day a week job mm. she's like you knew what you were getting into not we knew what we were getting into we'll handle it but it's very resentful in the tone that she does yeah that, you know no you pointed that you know come to think of it you did point that out originally when we were watching it and that is a really good point that uh because again, you would have said we. Yeah, we knew what we were getting into. Because that's that shows support. Mm. Well, and you know, it's interesting because Anne, I think in the first two seasons, has been a rock when it's come to her. Uh, she's been a very strong person. She's a very strong-willed person. So this is really her losing it. This is the first time I think we've really seen her losing it. It's been a, it's been a surprise with her because I think she's always been very very steady as a doctor. She's been a little inexperienced and she's been challenged herself, but uh, this is totally something different. This is something that's turning mental. It and is. She's not crazy, maybe, but uh, about the baby, I'm making rhymes. But she's definitely going a little mental here. Either way, and you know, it's, it's interesting to see that side of her when she says, you know, I, I can't break, or whatever she, you know, yeah. Um, and, and so that, that that's definitely interesting, and uh, it's it's also going to be interesting, you know, how yes, the baby what, yeah. Well, th- this presents now a whole different thing. If the you, the baby was one hundred percent tested or whatever, it goes through when it's born, and the fact that they didn't find anything now, you know, as we get into predictions, we'll speculate. Okay, they found DNA. Yeah. Then how is it mutating or whatever the term may be? Mm-hmm. So well, I, I mean, again, it. it I think I, I mentioned in our first episode, it, it probably comes back to the finale when they were all trapped by Karen uh, and they were all pretty much hanging by those uh, those ropes, those alien ropes or whatever. Uh, so that something must have uh, gone inside of her 
Yeah. Uh, eye worm. May, well, I guess if it was an eye worm, we'd know. But definitely something's happened to her. Something has changed from and so, that. And, and something that they're unable to detect currently yeah. without digging deeper. Possibly another, a new weapon of some sort or a new type of, uh, a type of uh, alien bug. Well, speaking of uh, other types, let's talk about uh, President <laughs> Hathaway. <laughs> Who's President Hathaway? Well, yeah. I mean, even, even getting into President Hathaway, let's talk about this sniper. Uh, Catherine Fisher. Uh, Catherine Fisher, who it was very, very interesting seeing the way this whole thing developed because when the sniper attack happened with Crazy Lee at the beginning, uh, I guess everyone uh, was assuming it was probably a harness kid or it was a skitter. Uh, and then to see that first person down and to see it was a, an adult male, that was, a, that was the first surprise. And then the fact that uh, they weren't responding to the other humans, you know, when, when Tom was yelling that they're humans too, they shouldn't be fighting against each other. And they finally, uh, Weaver finally got a, a, a stinger on, a, on our sniper and knocked her unconscious. Uh, she admitted that she works for the president of the United States, the real president of the United States, President Hathaway. So this is incredibly uh, another interesting thing. There's a, another faction out there that's not alien, that's human. And they might not be on on their side. And, you know, and it's, it's going to be interesting. Uh, I don't know if it's going to kind of emulate the Cold War to an extent, but, you know, the, but he's Tom's already trying to get a summit out of this. I got to meet, <laughs> meet halfway. He's a diplomat at yeah. heart. Yeah, he's a diplomat at heart. But it is really interesting to, to wonder, is this, uh, is Catherine telling the truth? Is this just a line? Is she brainwashed? <laughs> Could be. Is this have something to do with the mole? Perhaps, perhaps, uh, uh, you know, uh, I mean, the mole's revealing information to the aliens and, and Catherine has said uh, only, the only good aliens, a dead alien. But again, I mean, it, it really comes down to is she telling the truth? Is she lying? What's going on with her? I think for me, she is telling the truth. And, uh, you know, it's if you notice, but it's very quick. But in the end, you know, as the planes are kind of overhead and, you know, we, we see tragedy on this glorious day. She's like, let me fight. Yeah. No, I think it's a very good, a telling sign that she is telling the truth and that she really wants to kill all aliens. I think the question is, if you let her go, what's, you know, is she going to shoot aliens on both sides or is she just going to shoot the attacking uh, she, aliens? She, no, she shoot everyone, <laughs> you know? I mean, I think she got it confused. She was shooting at humans. <laughs> you know, it's funny. Uh, I know I mentioned Battlestar Galactica our last show. She reminds me of Starbuck. She's very, yeah. she very much like a Starbuck character. So I'm uh, really curious to see if this is a recurring character, if she stays in a little bit longer, if she's just here for a couple of episodes just to introduce this whole President Hathaway, other faction that, that's from the apparent real United States of America. As yeah, I, th- I think to, she'll serve more of that purpose if... If she is telling the truth. Now, if she's lying, then she can have a bigger role. Yeah. Um, that's kind of what I see. Well, and then the other question is, too, if if this is the real United States of America, I, I don't believe, I can't recall if in the first two seasons the actual president was ever referred to as pre- uh, President Hathaway. But if this is the actual president that was perhaps president two years ago when the aliens invaded or the acting president that that was legitimately, you know, in office of some sort uh, when the attacks came, if they're going to have an anti-alien stance and they're going to be against the second mass and against this new United States of America because of their collaboration, collaboration with uh, with the Volm. Now you're getting to the Revolutionary War. 
<laughs> you got Britain and you got Britain and uh, you know New England. Yeah, well, it, that's what it seems to come from. What side? What side is the real United States of America to take? It, will Tom be able to convince them that uh, working with the Volm benefits them? And again, if you know, right now it seems like this sniper has a very similar attitude, although she's a lot more physical about it than uh, in comparison to Pope. Pope doesn't trust the Volm. And uh, Catherine definitely wants to shoot the Volm any chance she gets because, you know, again, the only good alien is a dead alien. So it'd be really interesting to see if she gets freed um, and she's hanging out there. She might end up becoming a berserker or just hanging out with Pope. I think she would I think she would definitely hang out with Pope. And uh, that is, you know, going back to his speech with uh, Tom, the fact that, they, you know, they're doing all these things and they have no information, you know. Um, so basically they're they're blind followers to all of this. Yeah. And, uh, you know, they're taking a huge leap of faith, whereas uh, it seems like, at least in uh, in Catherine Fisher's camp, they kind of, you know, have a little bit more information. Now, it could obviously be propaganda of, hey, kill all the aliens, but at least that's something, again, with Pope, that's more solid than, like, okay, just do what you're told. Yeah. And call that freedom. Absolutely. So... I think Pope's just looking for an excuse to pop an alien anyway. So if he if he ends up talking with Catherine, it's like you're gonna have two against uh, <laughs> two against Tom for sure. But on at, that. at the same, you know what? Here's here's where. Uh, let me ask you this: Will he feel a certain hatred for her because of what she did? Oh, that's true too. Uh, you know what? I kind of overlooked the fact because remember, uh, one of Pope's berserkers was going to shoot her when Tom said don't, and uh, and he said he killed. She killed. Uh, craze so i'm sure he would i I don't know for in this case i think he might get over it because the bigger danger is the aliens Mm -hmm. i think he would learn to forgive her because again she was she's a soldier doing her duty uh and and he you know what and he blames tom he doesn't blame the sniper he blames tom that is true for the death so i could see him getting over this sniper especially if it's going to help him get what he wants, which I think he, he definitely wants to uh, alert everyone to get Tom out of office and probably alert everyone as to the, the real danger. By the way, if, if Tom was smart, it would t- here's the thing, it would take a lot of strategy because, again, because of Pope's known, like, uh, uh, misguidance or whatever. Mm-hmm. But if you really want to find Hathaway, have them t- join together, Pope and, and, and Catherine Fisher. That would be smart. Go. You know, but obviously Pope would have to be followed in some sort of fashion. But that that would lead you directly to him, possibly, yeah. possibly. That, but more so than anyone else. That's true. Although I don't. Again, Pope's kind of shown from the first episode that he's kind of likes being uh, mayor of Pope Town and uh, having his bar. But I, I you, you know, you have a point. I think he would uh, to get answers. I think he'd be willing to take a chance and go out there. Yeah. If he was going with someone like Catherine to find out about this President Hathaway and what's going on with uh, with her. Her camp, her troop, her nation, if you want to yeah. say that, yeah. Well, uh, all right, let's talk about uh, the other. Should we do a little segue into... Serial uh, Buddies? Yeah, why right, don't we do talk, that? Let's, let's talk Serial Buddies. <laughs> there you go. That wasn't my burp, people. That was not my burp. Uh, that burp and this music is from Adventure of the Serial Buddies, a new movie that I produced along with Kevin Undergaro, Maria Menounos, and John Comerford, actually, from right here on AfterBuzz TV. And a lot of AfterBuzz TV uh, hosts and staff members were involved in the creation. And it is a movie out now on 
iTunes. It's available for download. It's the, basically the price of a Happy Meal. It's called Adventure of the Serial Buddies, the first serial killer buddy comedy of all time. And uh, it's it's very funny. It's critics are calling it Dexter meets Dumb and Dumber. I like that. It's it's very yeah. funny. So as far away from Falling Skies as it could be. <laughs> so if, if, if you like a variety of things, which uh, you know I, th- I think ultimately sci-fi people they like comedy too. Yeah. Um, so I, I I definitely recommend it because I made it. <laughs> um, but but the encouraging thing is to see a lot of people who have already seen it um, to write amazing comments. Um, excuse me. That was that me. Was, that was, yeah, that, that was, was me, actually. That was Nando's burp. Um, <laughs> and perfect timing. But it's got an amazing cast. Um, you know what? How about this? I'm gonna be, uh... I gotta get my... I gotta get better adjectives, man. I gotta read more. <laughs> I'm not gonna reveal the cast, because you can either listen to episode two of our after show, or tune in next week we say it a lot. for episode four, yeah. when I reveal the cast members. But it is a really fun... I mean, a bunch of us saw it in theaters earlier this year. Yeah. And uh, a bunch of us went on a nice group outing to support it. And it was really, really funny. It was really good. You a lot what? of laughs. There you go. Invite your friends, buy the movie yeah. on SerialBuddies.com. And uh, and watch it and have a fun night. Hmm. And you know what? It's it is appropriate for ladies, and you just might scoop some. <laughs> Thank you, Stephen. <laughs> Having fun with the music there. All right. Okay. So That's let's uh, let's talk about how. Let us, yeah. Let's talk I think about it's how. About that um, point to talk about how because uh, he. Uh, you know, we, we're still trying to figure out who this mole thing is, and how seems to have it all figured out already. It's interesting, and you know what? Um, I, Maggie says it quite well. You know, this is treason, but what, I don't know if she realizes that what she's about to commit is treason as well. If he is the mole, that's true. By having him, uh, by having him not reveal himself as uh, as the mole or, or his secret. Yeah. So, and it's a really this is a, a, another really interesting dynamic. Just seeing him leaving her at first and confessing. What he finally figured out, which is he's sneaking away in the woods under Karen's power, supposedly, to uh, to sleep with her. He didn't say and, that. Oh, no, he, he didn't, didn't say, say that. that. You know, you're right. He didn't say that. To, to He's probably giving her information, which is probably code for what he's really giving. Well, I'm not going to give that. <laughs> but, <laughs> but, yeah, revealing that to Maggie. And, uh, and you know, she... She's a tough one, man. She just grabs him and throws him, uh, throws him against the wall. Look at here's the thing, you know. I love, I love the costume that they gave her because as soon as she walks in, she look, just looks so militant. Yeah, um, with those kind of uh, very rugged boots and you know, kind of the, the the jacket tied around her, and obviously showing some of her tats. And it was just like, you know what? No, you're taking a seat. Listen to me. Here's yeah. the plan. So I like that. I like that. I like a woman with some force like that. Yeah, totally. I know. Yeah. He's got two women in his life with some force behind oh, him. I guess that's true. Yeah. I, you know what? We're gonna, maybe it's a prediction. We're going to have to see them go fighting in a season. <laughs> <laughs> fighting each other in this season. But, uh, yeah, I mean, he. it's interesting because it is a very interesting theory. He could be the mole. It makes perfect sense. I think. Were you thinking he was the mole at all? I I didn't really to, put him to an extent, but here, here's um here's the only flaw in that is that so he um so when Arthur sees him like hey do we have an appointment he was standing up yeah you know and so that again I don't know if he would have noticed that 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 was weird but it, mm. it should have been something weird and and I believe and I believe he was the whole family was uh, with Anne when she was giving birth. So that was would have he taken, there? 
I mean, he wasn't playing Monopoly yet. The Monopoly game was being brought out, but he wasn't playing Monopoly just yet. I kind of thought the whole family was there, but I I could be wrong. It's worth looking at again. So that is worth looking at. But I do, that is a great point. I mean, if he was standing up, that would have probably been Arthur's first words. Like, oh my God, you're standing. Yeah, yeah, but he recognized this person and he didn't seem really um, surprised. Yeah. So I don't know. It's going to be interesting. I mean, it's good that he's not turning himself in. Yeah. Possibly. I mean, it could could either be the world's best idea or the world's (laughs) worst idea. It remains to be seen. Well, what if he gets caught and uh, it's it's bad not just for him, it's bad for the whole family. What if he uh, ends up being the mole or they find out they're withholding information? I mean, this puts Tom in a really serious dilemma, uh, whether or not to go against it to actually follow the letter of law whatever law they might be creating in this uh, in this new world and try his son or put him in jail or do something even worse or to hide his secret or, or to protect him. Well, here's the thing. It, it could, you could use it to your ultimate benefit by, again, if the enemy doesn't know that you know, then, okay, A, start feeding false information, you know, that very few people know. Have that be delivered and then see where it takes you. Yeah. You know, but so... But it's one of those things you have to you have to play very close to the chest. Well, you have to play, play very close to the chest, and that that does sound like something Tom would do. Tom would work. I mean, based on historical facts and and wars, he would try and do some disinformation. I mean, he tried doing that last last week by not revealing the whole uh, plot to uh, to take down that nuclear reactor. So it's possible. But don't forget, he's playing this game with his son. He would be giving his son false information and having his son go back to the enemy, putting himself at risk. He's not at risk. He's getting laid. <laughs> if he gives the wrong information, you think he's going to still get laid? Come on. If he gives the wrong information, they'll probably two the, him. Here's the thing. How could he give wrong information if he believes it is the right information? There's nothing, you know? I guess that's true. But if they, don't, if they think he's lying, well, I guess if they think he's under their control, then I guess they're going to think he's telling the truth no matter what. Yeah. If it goes that route, then, you know, everything we've been talking about in terms of Tom being a father and, the, and a decision he has to make, yeah. that's a very tough decision. It still puts him at big risk. Yeah, it still puts him at big risk to send his son out there for any mission. And I think to do something like that, that still it still is risky, even even though it still is risky. Yeah. There's always a chance that uh, that Karen uh, might just keep him hostage, might keep just keep him there. He might never see his son again going out there. Who knows? So uh, it would be an interesting dynamic. This is not just your ordinary uh, possessed, uh, you know, citizen <laughs> who's, yeah. who's infected with uh, with some bug. Yeah, but I would I I would like to see that explored. Maybe I don't know. Well, I think I think there'll be some more exploration. It, it'd be really curious to see. But I, I think we both agree that I still don't believe he's the mole. I think it's just too obvious and too easy a theory to to go there. It would be a real disappointment if it ended up being the case. Yeah, and and it's going to be interesting if he figures out or Maggie figures it out based on, you know, that fact. Because now, to an extent, you know, uh, Maggie's mission becomes, okay, To you have to either A, prove that he's the mole or disprove that he's the mole, one or the other. Yeah. And so it's going to be, I think she's going to actively seek that. Do you think if he was a mole, you think she'd still protect him? Because she doesn't Possibly believe him. Because it, well, uh, I think she would ultimately because it, um, it's not his control. He may be the mole, mm. but but again, it's it's under a certain condition. So she'd probably she'd try and save him, or she'd try and get him out of that control. Exactly. Yeah. Um, 
You want to talk about the Liberty Tree? I thought this... Here's the thing. Apart from the title, <laughs> well, yeah, which it's a little, is not... It's, it's a little corny, the title, yeah. I'm sure it's no reference to... <laughs> anyway. The, the Liberty... Liberty Statue of Liberty, the Liberty Bell, I don't know. <laughs> nothing, nothing, nothing on the WNBA uh, team, the New York Liberty. Uh, <laughs> I'm trying to think of other Liberty things. Um, Liberty Mutual. Uh, yeah, I, I, it was, uh, I guess, um, you know. I thought it was a good symbol between, uh, you, know, you know, when Dan's talking with, with his daughter. I thought that was a good little moment. Yeah. You know, and very reflective of, you know what, it, everyone kind of serves a purpose within society yeah i like i like this character i like jane i'm really glad that they brought her back in and she just seemed to be in only one or two episodes and then she went on her way so i'm glad to see she's there she's also a good grounding for dan uh you know i I, i've said this before because it's spielberg and spielberg's all about creating uh stories for for everybody for all ages, and I think the fact that Fallen Guys is on TNT that also shows that. So, so we get to see these grounding moments, like, uh, like you know, family moments. So this is a chance for for us to see Dan. Dan was such a a soldier in the first season, and he was losing it in the second season. And part of his whole story was that he lost his wife, he lost his family to find his daughter, and now that she has decided to stay uh, with the new United States of America, even though she found her boyfriend. Uh, from the first episode now uh, of this season. So it's it's nice to see this moment and see him saying, I have something to fight for now, too, when he's talking to her. And you're right. I think everybody, again, it's like what I said last, our last show, is that something that's really appealing about uh, this as opposed to some other sci-fi stuff, it's not just about the destruction and just trying to survive against uh, impending odds. It's about trying to resurrect and trying to establish a new society. And it's, it's really about growth. And what better... Um, as hokey as it is, what better symbol of growth is there than uh, than a tree? Yeah. So and the, and the fact that it's ever growing as well. Yeah. You know, but the the notion of that, I'm glad Tom spoke to it. You know, it's uh, you can count all the things we've built mm-hmm. and compare them to the things we've lost because they're going to be equal. You know what I mean? So as this and the tree is representative of that, as this tree grows, it's going to be more beautiful. But that also means you just added. Basically, all these dead people to it. Yeah, <laughs> sorry to put it so bluntly. Well, you got—I guess you got to have a—you <laughs> got to put the lives that. I mean, a lot of memorials have that. So, I guess the Liberty Tree is also considered a memorial in yeah. that sense when you're putting people's names on on or leaves. a cheap cemetery, <laughs> a cheap version of a cemetery. Yeah, just put them all under one tree. Yeah, there you go <laughs> with a name tag. <laughs> yeah. But you know, every it seems like every episode right now now that Tom's president, he has to have this inspirational speech. So, uh the uh commemoration of the 2-year anniversary, this being the 2-year anniversary of Which the alien invasion. Up, you know, it wasn't really brought up too much. No. In, in terms of how big this was going to be. Yeah, it wasn't. It just seemed to happen. I think there was a a reference to two years earlier in the episode, but yeah, not, and, not as an anniversary. And said it, but it was, you know, it's one of those things where you just round up or down and call it two years. Exactly. Like 2510. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But, uh, yeah, absolutely. But again, very inspirational speech and, and obviously this man's creating, you know, Tom, Tom is a great orator. He, he, he's a good, uh, this is definitely a better speech than he's had before. Uh, he seems to be very motivated by the death of uh, <laughs> Crazily. Crazily, yeah, exactly. So, uh, yeah, I mean, he's coming into his own. But again, I, it's going to be really curious to see what happens, especially with this new uh, this new 
clue that there's a president, uh, Hathaway. Uh, there's a new clue. That, um, there's obviously the attack, and then yeah. obviously the baby is just psycho. What's really interesting about this episode, too, is other than, than I guess, Hal and Alexis – uh, you know the oddities between those two. We didn't see we didn't see Cochise at all this episode. We haven't seen Red Eye any skitters. We haven't seen any aliens at all. Uh, this the whole you know thought of the snipers in the beginning of the episode was you know us thinking that it was possibly an alien or harness kid, but we didn't see any of that. Yeah. So this has been an episode that's really just been all about humans. Uh, in a sci-fi world, and that that is the that is quite interesting. Yeah. Um, so, I think without further ado, let's head into predictions, because there's a lot to predict. And now, your After Buzz TV predictions. Predictions. And I think, uh, I think, well, they, they made the crux of it be about, uh, the new DNA and things like that, which, mm-hmm. I hate when you have this big cliffhanger of, um, this big attack, and then in the preview, it's not even spoken to. Yeah. You know, that's that's my immediate thought. It's like, okay, what, what happens now? Mm-hmm. Who was that? Who did that? Let's let's get some answers. Yeah, I agree. That seemed to be the big cliffhanger. And I'm surprised they just gave away something like that so obvious about telling... Forgive us if uh, people don't like watching the previews, but you usually can't help it when it's right after. That was the first thing that came out. It was, like, surprising. Uh, but I think we all assume that there's got to be something wrong with this baby, that Anne is not 100% crazy. Uh, but the one scene I saw, it seems like something happens to Tom... Like, he's struggling against some people. So it makes me wonder if maybe maybe uh, my prediction might be that Catherine gets let loose and Catherine takes Tom. Or, or whether, whether Tom goes willingly to see what's going on. Because he, obviously, he's a, fighting, he's a fighting president. He's not going to put anyone else in danger uh, that he wouldn't put himself in danger for first. And he, he's already announced the vice president. Yeah. Melina's vice president now. So yeah. might give him more reason to jump out. So I'm going to say he, he goes, he decides to be the one to go out there and find out this President Hathaway, and maybe he takes Catherine with him. That that could be the case. Yeah. yeah. It's interesting to me. I, I've always believed Anne, only for the reason, that, uh, with the show, they, it's very much kind of third person. There's no subjective filmmaking. Mm-hmm. Or, uh, you know, like in horror movies, you kind of get that artifice where, you're, you know, you're seeing it from someone's point of view. And we're not necessarily, we've never really gotten that. Um, and they're certainly not indicating that with, with uh, all these scenes with Anne. So I, I'm led to believe that this baby's crazy. It's out of his mind. <laughs> crazy baby. Crazy baby. I love, I love that. Crazy baby. Hashtag crazy baby. Let's get that trending. <laughs> Hashtag crazy baby. Fallen Scott. <laughs> Let's do it. So, all right. Thank you, guys. Um, by the way, check out the new AfterBuzzTV.com website. It's uh, your one-stop shop for everything. Um, let us know what you guys think. Uh, we've, we've taken a lot of your input in the creation of it. Um, so we want to make sure that it is 100% up to your guys' standards. So, uh, you know, whether you tweet us, email us, whatever, um, we'll be there. But uh, it's everything's at AfterBuzz TV. You know, that's Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. Um, the, the email is actually info at AfterBuzzTV.com. But, hey, you know what? Find that on the new website. In the meantime... Uh, you can also find Nando on the new website under the host section. But you know, if if you're too lazy, you can I'm also have to look. That, I'm gonna look at that thing too. But uh, hopefully you can, you're on there. I, I think I'm included your bio. I want to make sure I'm on there. Uh, but if uh, if you want to look for me now, you can go on Twitter at Nando Vell, and I'm also on Instagram at Nando Vell. And check him out on other shows such as Arrested Development, Defiance, uh, Hannibal. He uh, he oh, just boy. wrapped uh, the following. 
And uh, I'm sure some other ones that I'm missing. Something else. Uh, thank you, Stephen, for engineering in the booth. Catch him on Ooh. Graceland every Thursday night at, I believe, 9 p.m. But that's what that's why we built the new website, so you can check it out. Anyway, thank you all for listening. Tell a friend. Go download Adventures of Serial Buddies, but legally, of course. And until next week, we thank you. From Bing.com, executive producers Maria Menounos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire AfterBuzz TV staff, we would like to thank you for listening to the AfterBuzz TV network. To watch or listen to other After shows and post comments or questions, be sure to visit AfterBuzzTV.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of AfterBuzz TV. Buzz you later. The views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals. 